Good morning. Welcome to Barah Ministries, an intimate local Christian church with a worldwide impact. My name is Pastor Rory Clark. Thanks for listening to this Bible lesson. Merry Christmas. Today's lesson is the Merry Christmas message. How does Jesus make himself known to unbelievers at Christmas? How does Jesus make himself known to unbelievers at Christmas? Well, thanks for bringing your eyes and ears to this Christmas message for the year of our Lord, 2023. It's an absolute pleasure to share the thoughts our Lord is sending directly to you through this message on this day. In 1 Timothy chapter 1, verses 15 to 17, the Apostle Paul captures the spirit of Christmas very well. He says, it is a trustworthy statement deserving of full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, among whom I, Paul, am foremost of all. 1 Timothy 1.16, Yet for this reason, the fact that I am the foremost of all sinners, I found mercy from God the Father. That's the, the feeling that God the Father has for unbelievers who the Bible calls sinners. He has mercy for them. So that in me... As the foremost sinner, Jesus Christ might demonstrate his perfect patience as an example for those who would believe in him for eternal life, the resurrection life. 1 Timothy 1.17, now to the King of kings and Lord of lords, the Lord Jesus Christ, to the eternal, immortal, invisible one, to the one and only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Jesus Christ is God. Why did he come to earth? Luke chapter 19 verse 10 tells us, For the Son of Man, the Lord Jesus Christ, has come to seek and to save that which was lost. Jesus is called the Son of Man because he's true humanity. He's called the Son of God because he's God the Son. And he came to save all of us. There's only one word to describe such an act. Love. Romans chapter 5, verse 8. God the Father even demonstrates his own unconditional love toward all creatures in that while we were yet sinners, while we were ungodly, unrighteous unbelievers, the Father sent his Son, Jesus the Christ, to die for our sins instead of us. True love. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 15 echoes our hearts. Thanks be to God the Father for his indescribable gift. 
Well, let's hear some music. Matthew chapter 1, verse 23 introduces the one we celebrate today. Behold, the virgin shall be with child, and she shall bear a son, and Joseph and Mary shall call his name Emmanuel, which translated means God with us. We celebrate our almighty God, the Lord. Here's Enja to sing a plea of welcome to the Savior of the world. O come, O come, Emmanuel.
such a beautiful song. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we bring before you today a heart filled with gratitude. If for no other reason, we're grateful that you and you alone have seen fit to fill our lungs with air today so that we may have life. Thank you for the privilege of studying your absolute truth, the Word of God. Help us, Father, to hold this time as special in our hearts. Encourage us not to listen to this lesson on the move. Help us to set aside dedicated time to understand the value of this Christmas celebration. And as we listen to and reflect on the fact that you chose to send a Savior into the world for us, help us concentrate. Help us to realize that wrong sizes, decorated trees, wrapping paper and ribbon are not why we celebrate today. Instead, help us remember and to feel and to celebrate the immenseness of the unconditional love you have for each member of your creation, those who believe in you and those who don't. And let us receive with open arms the gift you sent to us and the gift you remind us of every year at this time, the Lord, your Son, the Christ, the Jewish Messiah, the Savior of the world and the Savior of our souls, who volunteered to fulfill your plan by coming to earth, by dying to make a payment for our sins, and who was raised from the dead to prove his deity for all the world to see. We ask this through the power of God the Holy Spirit, in Christ's name. Say it with me. Amen. Amen. The Merry Christmas message. How does Jesus make himself known to unbelievers at Christmas? How does Jesus make himself known to unbelievers at Christmas? Well, let these two mystifying, profound, confusing, confounding, and unbelievable facts seep into your consciousness. The Lord we celebrate today created the heavens and the earth. John chapter 1, verse 3 says this, All things came into being through the Lord, God the Son, and apart from him nothing came into being that has come into being. And this Lord who created the heavens and the earth came, became one of us for your benefit. That's mind-blowing. John chapter 1, verse 14. And the word, in Greek, the term holagos, a reference to the Lord, God the Son. And the word became flesh, entering a new mode of existence, true humanity, as Jesus, the Christ, the Jewish Messiah. And he lived in a physical body among us. And we, the apostles and the writer of this letter, John, saw his glory with our own eyes, the glory of the uniquely born one from the source of God the Father, full of grace and full of truth. Why would the sovereign God of the universe, the Lord Jesus Christ, leave the comforts of heaven, humiliating himself by taking on human form? Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 to 11 tell us, say this, have this attitude in yourselves, which was also in Christ Jesus, Philippians 2.6, who, although he existed in the exact same essence as God the Father, did not regard equality with God the Father a thing to be seized and held, Philippians 2.7. Instead, he emptied himself, depriving himself of the rightful functions of deity, taking on the form of a bondservant, and being made in the likeness of men. Philippians 2.8, And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. 
Philippians 2, 9. For this reason, God the Father highly exalted Jesus and bestowed on him the name which is above every name. Philippians 2, 10. So that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow, the knees of those who are in heaven and on earth and under the earth. Philippians 2, 11. And every tongue will confess that Jesus is the Christ, the Jewish Messiah, the Lord, God the Son, to the glory of God the Father. That's love. Here's something we know for sure. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 33. God is not a God of confusion. The Lord Jesus Christ makes it easy for us. He introduces the human race to two groups, believers in him and unbelievers. Primarily, Christmas is a holiday for unbelievers. They are the Lord's focus at this time. And since the way is broad that leads to destruction, there are many unbelievers in our periphery right now who are focused on this day called Christmas. They may not know what to make of the day, but every year of their existence, they are brought back to this significant day for inspection. The Lord built built curiosity into their souls, so that they might fully investigate the significance of this day. They are sinners, and they need a Savior. In fact, the Lord Jesus Christ focuses the attention of unbelievers on two days a year, Christmas and what the pagan world calls Easter, which is really Resurrection Day, a celebration of the Lord distinguishing himself from all the pretender gods by being resurrected from the dead. Let's let June Murphy tell us about these two important days in human history in her song, From Christmas to the Cross.
masterpiece. He came from Christmas to the cross. Well, having traveled all over the world, I can tell you from experience that Christmas is a holiday known and celebrated throughout most of the world. I have seen Christmas celebrated in many other countries. I've heard the word Christmas come off the lips of many people in many different languages, and it would be shocking if there is anyone in the world who has passed the age of conscious reason who has not heard of Christmas. Now, this fact may not be your experience or your belief. You may think something totally different, and you're welcome to espouse your own opinion. Yet, through actual experience, I know people all over the world, even in the remotest villages of Africa, who have heard of Jesus Christ and who have heard of Christmas. The world stops at this time of the year. Every year, all over the world, and everyone notices, even those in countries that don't celebrate Christmas, and the name they hear is Jesus. And we call the birthday of Jesus Christ Christmas because Jesus Christ is the Jewish Messiah, Christmas. How does the Lord get his message to unbelievers on this holiday? Among other things, he uses the Bible and he uses songs. There's nowhere in the world where people don't have access to the Holy Bible. 
translated in their own language, and easily accessible free of charge. Since the beginning of time, there have been missionaries who had the job of evangelizing, the job of spreading the good news concerning the gospel message, the salvation offer of the Lord Jesus Christ. And since 90 AD for sure, evangelists have used the written word to reinforce their messages. This is not a guess. From experience, I know this to be true. Every hotel I've ever stayed in, no matter the country, no matter the city, has a Bible in the drawer of the nightstand. Every country, every hotel ever. And I've looked and seen them, and they're translated into the language of the country being visited. I'll never forget when I went to Greece for the first time and I pulled the Bible out of the drawer and the Bible was in Greek. And I read and write Koine Greek, and I was just shrieking with excitement that there was actually a Bible in that drawer. And don't tell anybody, but I think I took it. <laughs> now, the God, well, and we're welcome to, as a matter of fact, so it wasn't really stealing. <clears throat> so the God who created every creature who has ever come to earth, the omnipotent God who has all the power, the omnipresent God, everywhere simultaneously, has the absolute power and the real ability to make himself known to every person that he has created. And he does. Yet there are always people who speculate, well, what if some people didn't know about Jesus? In Romans chapter 1, verses 20 to 25, the Lord says unbelievers know about God, yet many reject him. Romans chapter 1, verse 20, for since the creation of the world, the Lord Jesus Christ's invisible attributes, his eternal power, and his deity have been clearly seen by all mankind, being understood through everything that has been made in the entire created universe, so that all mankind, especially unbelievers, those practicing a lifestyle of ungodliness and unrighteousness, are without excuse in the matter of knowing God. Romans one twenty one. For even though unbelievers knew God, they didn't honor him as God or give him thanks. Instead, they became futile in their speculations and their foolish heart was darkened. Yeah, but what if they didn't know? I can't tell you how many times I've heard that. Yeah, but what if they didn't know? Not everybody knows about Jesus. Completely false. Romans one twenty two. Professing to be wise, unbelievers became fools. Romans 1.23, And they exchanged the glory of the incorruptible God for an image in the form of corruptible man, in the form of birds, in the form of four-footed animals, in the form of crawling creatures. Idol worship instead of God worship. I went to India, and they worship cows, and they don't eat beef, they're vegetarians. And so, uh, in the background, I snuck a couple cows over and took them down. Amen? Romans one twenty four. Therefore, God the Father gave unbelievers over in the lusts of their hearts to impurity, so that their bodies would be dishonored among them, making their sins clearly visible, both to themselves and everyone else. Romans one twenty five. For unbelievers exchanged the truth about God for a lie, 
and worshiped and served created things rather than the Creator, who is the blessed one forever. Amen. Here's how an unbeliever describes the typical Christmas. She says, because we didn't believe in God, my family saw Jesus as nothing more than a historical figure. Our Christmas celebrations centered on family, food, and fun. I remember how the holiday season sparked interesting conversations in our home. We never understood why December 25th became the birth date of Jesus. Historical and even biblical evidence suggests a spring to early fall birth. Because many Christmas traditions mirror early pagan celebrations of the winter solstice, we concluded that Christians merged the two holidays into our modern Christmas. Still, every year at Christmas, I couldn't help thinking about Jesus. Could there be more to his story than I understood? By the time the holiday ended, I usually forgot about Jesus. But during my senior year of college, a friend invited me to study the Bible with her over Christmas break. And since the holidays had rekindled my curiosity, I agreed. Beginning with the Gospel of John, what a perfect place to start because John is all about the deity of Christ. Our studies helped fill in the gaps of my understanding. And one key scripture stood out to me. John chapter 8, verse 12. It says, Then Jesus again spoke light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Are we good? I had seen enough of the world to know that it can be very dark. This image of Jesus lighting our way out of the darkness resonated with me. As I reflected on this scripture, another friend shared with me why Christians purposefully chose to celebrate the birth of Christ during the winter solstice. It all comes back to Jesus as the light of the world. By definition, the winter solstice is the shortest day of the year, and each successive day is longer because it has more light. What a beautiful analogy for the light of Christ. And over that holiday, I came to faith in Jesus as the Son of God, the light, and my personal Savior. Well, let's take a music break. We'll hear a couple of songs. We'll hear God Rest Ye Merry Gentlemen. And then we'll come back and hear more about Christmas. God rest ye merry gentlemen, let nothing you dismay. Remember Christ our Savior was born on Christmas Day. To save us all from Satan's power when we were gone astray. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy, comfort and joy. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy. Dun, dun, dun. Merry gentlemen, let nothing you dismay. Remember Christ our Savior was born on Christmas Day. To save us all from Satan's power when we were gone astray. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy, comfort and joy. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy. In Bethlehem. 
of that song, God rest ye merry gentlemen, to save us all from Satan's power. Well, who is Satan? Satan is the enemy of God. In Revelation chapter 12, verse 9, Satan is called who he is. And the great dragon was thrown down, the serpent of old, who is called the devil and Satan, put that up, Denny, who deceives the whole world. He was thrown down to the earth. And his demon angels were thrown down with him. He is a liar and a deceiver. He has a strategy against the human race, and it's called religion. Think about it. At Christmas, are we celebrating Joseph Smith, the founder of the Church of Jesus Christ and Latter-day Saints? Are we, <laughs> who? Are we celebrating the Pope, the so-called Vicar of Christ from the Roman Catholic Church? Are we celebrating Muhammad, the founder of Islam? Are we celebrating Charles Taze Russell, the founder of the Jehovah's Witnesses? Are we celebrating John Calvin, the founder of Calvinism? Are we celebrating Martin Luther, the founder of the Lutheran Church? Are we celebrating John Wesley, the founder of the Methodist movement? Are we celebrating Roger Williams, the founder of the Baptists? Are we celebrating the Church of England bishops, founders of the Episcopal Church? Are we celebrating Bahu'u'llah, the founder of the Baha'i faith? Are we celebrating Manu, the founder of the Hindu faith? No, we aren't. Acts chapter 4, verse 12 tells us this, there's salvation in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven that's been given by, uh, to mankind by which we must be saved except the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We're celebrating the Lord Jesus, the Christ, and why is there such a concerted effort to delete him from the holiday by abbreviating Christmas as Xmas, by bullying everyone into saying Happy Holidays instead of Merry Christmas so we don't offend anyone? You know why. God has an enemy. And he sponsors indifference and antagonism toward the Lord every minute of our existence. Let's take a break and listen to some Christmas. Christmas music, and when we return from the break, we'll inspect some of the key 
biblical passages about the Christmas celebration.
was in Glee Club over 50 years ago, and I'm still mad at the tenors because they got to sing the good part of this song, and I had to sing rum, bum, bum, rum, bum, bum. Still mad about that. I used to always wait right after uh, the Glee Club practice session to beat up one of the tenors because they got to sing all the cool parts of every song. <laughs> uh, kind of a bully. The Merry Christmas message, how does Jesus make himself known to unbelievers at Christmas? How does Jesus make himself known to unbelievers at Christmas? Well, welcome back. Well, Jesus didn't just drop into the human race. His coming was predicted in Old Testament scripture. So the Jews knew he was coming, and they knew what to look for. Isaiah chapter 9, verses 6 and 7 say this, For a child will be born to us, A son will be given to us, and the government will rest on his shoulders, meaning he will be a king. And his name, because of his character, will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace, Isaiah 9, 7. And there will be no end to the increase of his government or his peace on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and righteousness from then on and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will accomplish this. Micah chapter 5 verse 2 says this, But as for you, Bethlehem, too little to be among the clans of Judah, from you one will go forth for me, the Lord, to be ruler in Israel. His goings forth are from long ago, from the days of eternity. That could be talking about no one but the Lord Jesus Christ. Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14. Therefore, God the Father himself will give you a sign. Behold, a virgin will be with child and bear a son, and she will call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. The world knew what to look for. A virgin whose name was Mary would give birth to the Lord. Mary is not the mother of God, as Roman Catholics believe. Mary is a woman no different than the women today. She's like the women sitting right here in this service. She was selected by God to be the mother of Jesus Christ's humanity, selected as a gift to her and to the entire world. Here is Luke's account of the virgin pregnancy. Luke chapter 1, verses 26 to 38. And for this passage, we use the Wiest translation of these New Testament verses. He does a phenomenal job of translating this passage. Luke chapter 1, verse 26. Now, in the sixth month of the pregnancy of Mary's relative Elizabeth, she was carrying John the Baptist. The angel Gabriel was sent on a mission from God, the Father, to a city of Galilee named Nazareth. There's a song, a Christmas song, Hark! the herald angels sing. Well, Gabriel was a herald angel. He brought messages. Luke chapter 1, verse 27. To a virgin, promised in marriage to a man named Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. Luke 1, 28. And having come to her, Gabriel said, Keep on rejoicing, Mary, because you have been encompassed with favor as a grace gift from God the Father. The Lord is with you. The favor bestowed on Mary is absolutely no different than the favor bestowed on each of us as believers in Christ. 
Each of us has been saved, and each of us has a job to do for the Lord. And with the Lord, there is no partiality. Mary was no more favored than you. Unbelievers have a chance to curry the same favor by choice, by believing in the Lord Jesus Christ. Luke chapter 1, verse 29, But Mary was greatly agitated by the words said by Gabriel and began reasoning what sort of an exotic greeting this might be. I love that translation of this verse. It's so accurate. Luke chapter 1, verse 30, And the angel said to her, Stop fearing, Mary, for you have a grace gift of favor in the presence of God. Luke chapter 1, verse 31, And behold, you shall conceive in your womb, And you shall give birth to a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. Now, Jesus was given five things by God the Father in return for the singular sacrifice of laying down his life for each and every one of us. And here is Gabriel's prediction about the Jewish Messiah. Luke chapter 1, verse 32. This one, Jesus Christ, shall be great, and he shall be called the Son of the Most High. And God the Father, our Lord, shall give Jesus the throne of David, his father, during Jesus' millennial reign. Luke one thirty three. And Jesus shall reign as king over the house of Jacob, which is Israel, forever. And, his, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. The nation Israel and the Jewish race will never be destroyed. It is an absolute fact that the Lord made promises to Abraham about Israel and the Jewish race, and the Lord is not going to allow a kingdom he will be running to be destroyed by his enemy, nor will he allow the people he loves to be destroyed, a race that he is part of, the Jewish race. Luke chapter 1, verse 34, But Mary said to the angel, How shall this virgin pregnancy be possible, since I have not had sexual intercourse with a man? Luke one thirty five, answering, the angel said to Mary, The Holy Spirit shall come upon you, and the divine power of the Most High shall overshadow you. So the Holy One being conceived shall be called the Son of God. Luke chapter 1, verse 36, And behold, Elizabeth, your relative, also conceived a son in her old age. And this is the sixth month of pregnancy for her who was called sterile. Luke one thirty seven. for in the presence of God, not a thing shall be impossible. Luke chapter 1, verse 38. And Mary said, Behold, the bond slave of the Lord, may it done, be done to me according to your word. And the angel Gabriel departed from her. Mary's virgin pregnancy resulted in the birth of a Savior. Even in science, there's a term that describes this miraculous virgin birth phenomenon. It's called parthenogenesis. It's the development of an egg without fertilization by a male. Here's CeeLo Green to ask Mary a question in song. Mary, did you know? Mary 
It's clear, even from songs, that Jesus Christ is not merely a good teacher, a good rabbi, or a man like any other man, just a prophet. He is the sovereign God of the universe. And every year, unbelievers hear these songs, and they hear these terms, the Lamb of God, the Great I Am, and the curiosity in their souls has them wondering. And some bother to find out what all those things mean, and some just ignore it and go back to the fun and frolic of Santa Claus and the presents and the food and completely miss it, even though they know that the message is clearly that Jesus Christ is God. They just go back to their lives. And it's really sad and unfortunate. Sinners need a Savior. What does the Lord, God the Son, who became Jesus the Christ, the Jewish Messiah, say about himself? John chapter 10, verses 9 and 10, he says, I, the Lord Jesus Christ, am the door of salvation. And if anyone enters the door through receiving me, and that's a third-class condition, if. So it's if and you have a choice. Maybe you will and maybe you won't. But if anyone enters the door through receiving me, he will be saved by God and will go into the plan of God and will go out to find pastor through the truth of the word of God. John 10.10, 10, the thief, Satan, comes only to steal and kill and destroy the sheep. I, the Lord Jesus Christ, came so that believers in Christ may have the resurrection life, eternal life, and have it abundantly. John chapter 1, verse 12. Jesus says about himself, As many as received the invitation from Jesus to be saved, to them he gave the right to become children of God the Father, even to those who believe in Jesus' name. 
Of course, the leaders of the world had a jealous reaction to Jesus' birth. And how could the Lord's story be absent from the machinations of his enemy, Satan, rearing his ugly head to ruin things? Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 to 12. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, Magi, those are astronomers, from the east arrived in Jerusalem, saying, Matthew 2, 2, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star in the east and come to worship him. Matthew 2, 3. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, meaning he was insanely jealous. And all of Jerusalem was troubled with him. Well, why? Because Jerusalem knew what a troubled, evil leader does. Matthew chapter 2, verse 4. Gathering together all the chief priests... And all the scribes, the teachers of the law, of the people of Israel, Herod inquired of them where the Jewish Messiah, the King of the Jews, was to be born. Isn't it funny? Many unbelievers claim there is no God, yet when issues of God come up, they seem to know everything about it. Herod knew of the Messiah and knew how to find out where he would be born. The speculators say, yeah, but what if they didn't know? They knew. Continuing, Matthew chapter 2, verse 5. The chief priests and scribes said to Herod, the Messiah is to be born in Bethlehem of Judea, for this is what has been written by the prophet Micah. Matthew 2, 6. And you, Bethlehem, land of Judah, are by no means least among the leaders of Judah, for out of you shall come forth a ruler who will be shepherd of my people, Israel. The Lord was born in a nothing town, Bethlehem. I've been there. It's a nothing town. In a sin city, Nazareth. And he came from a lineage that is almost too embarrassing to mention, the Ruths and the Bathshebas of the world. People who did despicable things. We'll spare you those details. Continuing in Matthew chapter 2, verse 7. Then Herod secretly called the Magi and determined from them the exact time the star appeared. Why secretly? Because Herod was already hatching a plot to assassinate the Messiah. Matthew 2, 8. And Herod sent the Magi to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. And when you have found him, report to me so that I too may come and worship him. Matthew 2.9 After hearing the king, the Magi went their way, and the star which they had seen in the east went on before them until it came and stood over the place where the child was. Matthew 2.10 And when they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. Matthew 2.11 And after coming into the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother, And they fell to the ground and worshipped him. And then opening their treasures, they presented him gifts fit for a king. Gold for his deity, frankincense for his life, and myrrh for his humanity, because it was a fragrance identifying him with death. When bodies died, they used myrrh to disguise the smell. Matthew chapter 2, verse 12. And having been warned by God the Father in a dream not to return to Herod, the Magi left for their own country 
by another way. Because of God's enemy, the birth of Christ brought with it negative impact in Satan's kingdom, planet Earth. Matthew chapter 2, verses 16 to 18. And when Herod saw that he had been tricked by the Magi, he became very enraged and sent and slew all the male children who were in Bethlehem and all its vicinity from two years old and under, using the time frame which he had determined from the Magi. Matthew 2.17 Then what had been spoken through Jeremiah the prophet was fulfilled. Matthew 2.18 A voice was heard in Ramah, weeping in great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children, and she refused to be comforted because her children were no more. And so in this beautiful season, Christmas, we celebrate Christ. He is our king. He is our resurrection life. He is a sacrifice for all of us. He is the one who took care of the sin problem in the world. Let's listen to the song about the Magi, We Three Kings. owns a deity nigh, prayer and praising all men raising, worship him God on high. O star of wonder, star of night, star with royal beauty bright, westward leading, still proceeding, guide us to thy perfect light. 
to perfume breathes a life of gathering gloom, sorrowing, sighing, bleeding, dying, sealed in the stone cold tomb. Well, my sincere hope is that you will share this Christmas message with all those that you love. My hope is that you will sit them down and let them hear the wondrous words in this lesson. My hope is that you will email them the Barah Ministries newsletter that contains audio, video, and written notes so that they can review these truths again and again, especially during this holiday season and perhaps so they can share these things with those they consider important. If anyone you know wants a copy of the newsletter, contact Denise at BarahMinistries.com, and she will make sure that you get it. How does the Lord make himself known to unbelievers during Christmas? In supernatural ways, using his supernatural power. He is omnipotent. He has all the power, and he has the power to do anything. So as we close... Remember this, the gospel message is the good news of Jesus Christ's salvation offer to the human race, and the closing moments of our lesson today could be a few of the most important minutes of your life. Remember this, God wants you, and what he wants for you is that you make the most important decision of your life. There is a truth from the word of God to contemplate. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9 says this, The Lord is not slow about his promise of salvation, as some accuse him of. Instead, he is patient toward unbelievers, not wishing for anyone to perish in the lake of fire, but wishing for all to come to repentance, which is a voluntary change of mind about having a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. So, 
One of the things unbelievers have to acknowledge is that they are sinners and they need a Savior. Romans chapter 3, verse 10 says, It is written, All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Romans 3.23 says, There is no one, no creature who is righteous, not even one. So, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1 says, From physical birth you were spiritually dead in your trespasses and sins. Now that's quite a dilemma for you, because when you're a sinner, you need a Savior. When you're a sinner, there's nothing you can do to get yourself over the barrier that separates you from God. That's why Jesus Christ came to the earth. Jesus Christ came to the earth to tear down the barrier between God and man by dying on a cross and paying for the sins, past, present, and future, of every human being. And so, follow the suggestion of Acts chapter 16, verse 31. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, and you will be saved, you and everyone in your household who also believes. You'll be saved by God. You don't have to save yourself. And as a matter of fact, you can't save yourself. John chapter 14, verse 6 says this. Jesus said to the doubting apostle Thomas, I am the way to salvation. I am the truth through the gospel message and the word of God, and I am the resurrection life, eternal life. And no one comes to God the Father in heaven but through believing in me. You don't have to work to be saved. In fact, you can't work to be saved. Romans chapter 11, verse 6 says this, If salvation is by grace, meaning a free gift, and of course it is, it's no longer based on your works. Otherwise, grace is no longer grace. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 3 and 4 introduce what makes Jesus Christ different from the pretender gods and what makes him a special gift to you. For I, the Apostle Paul, delivered to you as of primary importance the gospel message I also received from God, that it was Jesus Christ who died for our sins according to the Old Testament scriptures, and he was buried, and he was raised from the dead on the third day according to the Old Testament scriptures. So heed the warning and accept the invitation of John chapter 3, verse 36. He who believes in the Son has the resurrection life right at that moment. But he who does not obey the command to believe in the Son will not see the resurrection life. Instead, the wrath of God, the lake of fire, abides on him. Once you have God's salvation, you cannot lose it. In John chapter 10, verses 27 and 28, Jesus Christ himself says, My sheep hear my voice, and I, the Lord Jesus Christ, know them, and they follow me. John 10, 28, And I give eternal life to my sheep, believers in Christ, and they will never perish, and no one will snatch them out of my hand. Well, let's close with music. Revelation chapter 4, verse 8 says this, The four living creatures around the throne of our Lord, each one of them having six wings, they were seraphim, officer angels, are full of eyes around and within. And day and night they do not cease to say, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God, the Almighty, who was and who is and who is to come. What a thrilling thing to know that our Lord is coming back for us. Our Lord indeed is holy, and his birth occurred on one of the most holy nights 
as Josh Groban sings so beautifully, O Holy Night. stars are brightly shining. It is the night of our dear Savior's birth. Long lay the world in sin and
Josh Robin. What a phenomenal person to uh, be at a concert with. To listen to him in concert, his voice is gorgeous. And he does such a great job with that song. I remember that I was in third grade in an assembly the first time I heard Oh Holy Night, and it has been my favorite song ever since. It's my favorite Christmas song. It's just beautiful. Let's close with words of praise for our Lord. Ephesians 1.3 says, Worthy of praise is the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us believers in Christ in eternity past with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms, a place of permanence through our union with Christ. Ephesians 1, 7 and 8. In Jesus, we have redemption, that is, deliverance from slavery to sin through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the glorious wealth provided by his grace. We never have to feel guilty about anything, which he lavished on us, including as a gift wisdom and insight. 1 Timothy 1.17, now the, to the King of kings and Lord of lords, the Lord Jesus Christ, to the eternal, immortal, invisible one, to the one and only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Let us pray. Almighty God and Father, thank you for providing a time every year for the whole world to stop to worship your Son. And thank you for providing us with such a meaningful person for our benefit, the Lord Jesus Christ. Help us to be like he is in relationships to those in our lives with whom we have relationships. Help us to fix our eyes on Jesus Christ as the model for every thought, every action, for all time. As we spend our time around our unbelieving family and friends this holiday season, encourage them to help us pray this prayer. God the Father, I am a sinner and I need a Savior. And I know I can't do anything to save myself. I thank you for letting the Lord Jesus Christ, your beloved Son, do the work of salvation for me. And right now, Father, I believe in Christ and I want to live with you and Him forever. Then let us celebrate their so great salvation with them a salvation gifted through the agency of the indescribable person we celebrate today, the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, we pray that you continue to shape the messages from this pulpit that are an accurate reflection of your unconditional love, your glorious person, your lucid thinking, your impeccable work, your forgiveness, your grace, your love, and your magnificent essence. And we ask this through the convicting power of God the Holy Spirit. In Christ's name, say it with me. Amen. Amen. Keep on studying the Word of God. Happy New Year. Thanks for coming. Thanks for watching. And thanks for listening.